In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Money, Please. I'm Berna Annette, also known as Hey Berna, your personal financial hype woman, bringing you the financial real talk for the real world. I hope you can hear my air quote fingers there. Today, we are breaking down a topic that you might think you know, maybe intimately, but it's got so many freaking traps and pitfalls that it can quickly devolve into chaos. I'm not talking about dating. I'm not even talking about cis hetero men. There's a lot of parallels there. But what I'm talking about today is credit. Dun, dun, dun. I know you thought Halloween was over. Well, credit is very important to talk about. It's the most popular kind of debt. It's the kind that you can most easily walk into. Like you can't breathe near a chain store without them harassing you about their in-store credit card. And it's also the kind of debt that's often the hardest to get out of because of those freaking interest fees. It's known as like the most expensive debt. Why does it haunt us so? Again, Halloween passed. They're playing Mariah Carey. Leave us alone. But I want to tell you, if you are in the credit card debt club, is a very big club. Okay, let me hit you with some facts. According to Experian, 95% of adults have a credit card open, right? Whether you were 18 and somebody forced, like an econ teacher forced it down your throat, or you're like, fine, I'll get the freaking Target card, Jesus, 95% of adults. And of those 95% of adults, 75% have a credit card balance that's greater than zero, which means technically they are in debt. 75% of credit card holding adults. Okay, we'll keep going. According to LendingTree.com, the average credit card debt of U.S. families is $6,270. Me having been in $12,000 of credit card debt, I'm like, what a cute number. That is so cute, right? And check this, 42% of adults have increased their credit card debt, put on more credit card debt since the start of the pandemic. Everybody with me, duh, Mm, yes, harmonized. Now, It's really important to talk about credit and the basics of it at any time. One, because we're in a pandemic. And two, the holidays are upon us. And if your credit card spending and your debt hasn't ticked up already, maybe it's about to. So I want us to understand this thing before it continues to gnaw us in the ass. All right, let me just, let me come clean with my giant number. $12,000 of credit card debt. I had 12K in credit card debt around the age of... I want to say 25, 26. That's when I was like, oh my gosh, I think I have an issue. What happened with me was I was a freelance writer and editor in New York City. I was in journalism in New York City as a millennial. I think we all know how this horror story ends and keeps going. And I understood credit 0%. I just, I, Figured credit was like this, I understood that you have to pay it back. I understood that there's a thing called interest, this percentage that sort of like knocks you on the forehead every month. But I also understood credit as this thing that like we don't talk about. We let it rack up. We let it go places. We open up new cards because the other ones are full. And we 
keep it under wraps. There's so much stigma about holding credit card debt, even though, like I just said with all those facts, so many of us are quietly carrying it around. Now, right now, the fact is, we are still underpaid. It is still a pandemic. Wages have still been stagnant, while cost of living keeps growing. Hello, we are all effed under capitalism, and we need money to survive. And the money is not always there. We didn't make the rules of this damn game. We're just forced to play. So I played. I played badly because I didn't know the rules. I got stuck with $12,000 of credit card debt. I was eventually able to pay that off after, again, learning the ancient art of budgeting and getting paid better and just doing all this stuff. But it took a lot of freaking work. And so I know a lot of us are carrying this credit card debt and you're carrying the shame on top of it and you're carrying the hopelessness of like, am I ever, ever going to get out of it? This is what we're going to unpack today. And I also want, before we start, I want to say that credit card debt is absolutely not a bad thing. Credit card debt is necessary, again, in this effed up capitalism simulation that none of us has to be in. For a lot of us, again, the underpaid, the under-resourced, credit is our stepping stone to the next thing. Credit is how we bring our families and our generations to the next level. We don't always have the cash to be going to get a higher education. We don't always have the cash to be protecting ourselves and up-leveling our quality of life. And so credit is necessary. It is not dirty. It is not stanky. It is the choices that we have to make in a messed up system. And so I want us to get to a place where we see credit as a tool to leverage something that you can use in moderation and that you fully understand so you know how to work it so you can continue to twerk it in life, that is. Though sometimes it could get a little, credit can get a little out of control. Sometimes I think of it like unruly body hairs in places that you don't necessarily want. And sometimes you try to cut it down and it grows back thicker and with a vengeance and then you give up and it's scary. Anyway, it gets very, very messy sometimes. And so what we wanted to do is bring in two incredible human beings that I personally would follow their advice about anything to the end of the universe. Today, we are lucky enough to talk to them about credit, specifically credit card debt. We are joined today Put your head between your knees. I'm so excited for you to meet these two people. We are joined by Kitty and Piggy from Bitches Get Riches. Yes, again, Bitches Get Riches. A survival resource for life in a patriarchal capitalist hellscape. Welcome, freaking welcome, Kitty and Piggy. How are you? Hey, Berna. Oh <laughs> I'm so good. I love you so much. And I'm so excited to hear your voice and see your face, which mm. I can kind of see. And mm. also, I'm excited to talk about credit because, and, and I'm really happy that you use that metaphor because when I turn like 31, 32, mm-hmm. a bizarrely long and dark single chin hair started to appear. Oh. And I'm like, mm, this is a metaphor for everything. That is contemptible mm. in the universe. So, like, mm. I'm really vibing. Yes, that's this your interest bitch is rate. Blonde, hair. don't listen to her. She doesn't know the troubles. <laughs> no, but it's all the pigment went to the one hair. Women. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is your interest rate chin hair. It's the one exactly. that it'll keep getting longer and thicker and worse if you don't take care of it. I am so honored to be talking to the two of you, award-winning content creators, epic oh God, blog stop. content makers, podcast creators. Also, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what y'all do at Bitches Get Riches? 
Yeah. So just like you said, we are a survival resource uh, for living in a patriarchal capitalist hellscape. We've got this mm-hmm. blog, we've got this podcast, and we've got this really amazing active community of Bitch Nation, which is basically just our, our followers who are a a seething mass of encouragement and inspiration to each other and to us. Um, and we're, we're basically, we're doing it for the children. We're doing it for the children. We yeah. uh, got to do it for the kids. Yeah. Gotta do it for I the think kids. we're like, I think we're like um, maybe 40%. This is so messed up and this isn't the way that the world should work. And then 60% is like, okay, but we cannot, right now right this minute change the way that all of this stuff works so here's how you game it here's how you here's how you break capitalism to work in your favor that's kind of like our our niche is like uh, i think piggy and i have always been very good at capitalism and that is a skill that we did not ask for i would have (laughs) rather chosen basket weaving or like one of any number of amazing other skills but in fact i am good at making money in this world and i i am good at keeping people's dirty mitts off of my money and so mm. that's really like what we try to yeah. teach people but also we balance it with a lot of like and i'm really really sorry it shouldn't work this way and here are ways <laughs> that maybe we could change it in yeah. the future but also like we're stuck with this for right now today this week it ain't changing so here we go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like to say the deck is stacked but we are trying to teach you how to count cards Ooh, <gasps> i love that. i like that you like that that's i didn't beautiful. even workshop that i just that just rolled off the tongue just threw it out. We improved it and it, it became magic. Mm-hmm, That's exactly mm-hmm. what we're trying to do for sure at Money Please, where it's like, okay, mm, there are rules it. that we've entered into uh, a, an arena, a circus, if you will, mm-hmm. that we've oh, entered God, into. Where circus, we, isn't it? we didn't make the freaking rules, but we got to play the game a little bit while trying to hopefully change it or tweak it, really just survive it at the same time. So 100%. I'm super. Yes, the two of you are, I think, so perfect for this specific feature of the capitalist hellscape which is mm, credit good Ooh, lord one of the like just one yes. of the things we just love to chew on and spit out in the personal finance world um let's start at the beginning very very beginning because this is definitely who the podcast is for those of us who are like wait what the, come come on back and explain it to me like i'm five because no one explained it to me then what is credit what what to you is credit if you had to explain to an alien what credit was specifically credit cards would mm. it be i'm i'm gonna take this one first because i i feel like if an alien asked me what credit is i would have been just like oh my god you don't have credit on your planet um that must mean you live in this wonderful utopia mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. everyone can afford all the things that they need without oh. having to borrow money uh, i'm going to your planet oh. um so credit is essentially a system by which uh, banks and other large financial institutions uh, will determine the creditworthiness or or your ability to pay back a loan, um, and then they will give they will loan you money that you then have to pay back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes in a number of uh, of of types. And excuse me while I like I get through these like definitions. And I'm so sorry. This is like the dry boring part of the podcast. I mm, promise we'll it. like get to smashing the patriarchy in a minute. Um, <laughs> so you've got your revolving credit. That's like your basic credit card. Basically, it's like you have a maximum credit limit, and you can use up to the limit. And every month, you can either like carry a balance over and therefore pay interest on that, or you can pay it off and not pay interest on it. Um, you've got your basic charge card which is really similar to revolving credit, only you Mm. have to pay the whole balance off every month. Sometimes this is called a secured credit card. 
Um, mm. You have your service credit, uh, which is like when you make a deal with a service provider like the electric company or your internet provider or whatever. And they give you a service. And then you pay for that service every month uh, via a monthly bill. Um, and then last but not least, you have installment credit. Um, and this mm. is like your student loans, for example. They give you a big lump sum and you repay it with interest in regular regular installments over a set period of time while you're working at Starbucks and ruining the day your high school art teacher told you to follow your dreams. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And I think a really important thing to, to touch on is that um, so, so one of the terms that we threw out there is like credit and interest, right? So mm. let's say that you borrow um, $10,000 in student loans or you put $100 on a credit card. You're never really truly borrowing that amount of money. Mm-hmm. If you pay it back in minimum payments over the course of however many years, a year, 10 years, whatever the terms of your loan is, um, you will end up paying maybe if you took out that $100 credit card purchase, you might end up paying $130 for it or $150. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, If you take out $10,000 in student loan repayments, you might end up paying $1,500 or or, or um, $15,000. God willing, you take out $10,000 and you only have to pay back $1,500. Yes, please. (laughs) But it's it's always um, when you borrow money from someone, very, very, very few instances um, are there are very, very few in- instances where you can borrow a set amount of money from someone and then pay back just the amount that you borrowed yeah. and be completely square. Like, no, they need to make money on the transactions. So they charge you extra money. So that, I think, oh. is the number one thing to keep in mind. Like, if there was, like, one beginner hack that I would give to to people who are thinking about credit is, like, never think about the amount of money that you're actually borrowing Ignore all of that. Instead, figure out, if I made minimum payments on this, how much am I really borrowing? And you may find mm. that, oh, I, I'm borrowing $10,000, but if I make minimum payments, it's going to be 19000 over the lifetime of the loan. And that is the real amount that you could be borrowing. Yes. And that is what I think Fs us in the end, truly. If this were a world in which we were only borrowing money and paying back just what we owed, I mean, that would still be a struggle, but it wouldn't be what is... Uh, burying all of us under specifically credit card debt. And credit card debt is, of course, known as the quote-unquote most expensive type of debt Mm -hmm. or one of the most oppressive and scary types of debt because of what y'all are talking about, which is interest. It's often has the fattest interest rates and all of that. I want to get into interest rates for sure because that deserves its own moment of let's hold each other's hands and cry. But (laughs) at the very top of this, someone who's listening and uh, thinking about the fact that credit as an umbrella is all these different kinds of things like installment credit, secured credit, charge credit, credit cards. I know that there are people out there who are like, okay, is it worth it? Do I even need it? Should I even get the fuck into it in the first place? Can I avoid it? Is credit something that you think we have to, like, do we have to get a credit card? Do I have to participate in this? What do you two think? Well, that's oh my a, gosh. Can I take oh, this? Because yeah, I really want to throw have, my partner under the bus. <laughs> yes, do it. Do it. I, I know okay. exactly what you're going to say. I'm so excited. <laughs> so actually, um, I think a lot of people um, who are like millennials and Gen Z in particular, credit scares them so much that they kind of flee mm-hmm. in the opposite direction. They're like, okay, great. It sounds terrible. I don't want to be involved. Um, I'm, I'm just never, ever going to going to pursue this. Um, So when I was um, maybe 20, 
two, um, I was ready to move in with my then boyfriend, now husband. <laughs> um, and uh, we were re- getting ready to sign um, an apartment lease together. And uh, we were sharing our, our place with uh, another couple. So we all signed the lease together. And then our landlord came back to us and he was like, hey, guys, um, so I ran all of your credit checks. And one of you just has no credit whatsoever. Um, so can you get like a co-signer and it was my boyfriend and he had to go to his mommy and daddy Uh, and get them to co-sign because he had never in his life he'd never had to take out student loans so he didn't have credit in that way he Mm. he had never signed up for a credit card because they scared him because he's a good frugal boy and he Mm. he he didn't want to he didn't want to risk the temptation of having a credit card so he just had no credit whatsoever and the consequence of that um, I think is is purely constructed, right? Like our our society is kind of built around the idea of like, well, uh, you know, if you can't prove to me that you can repay money that you've loaned that that uh, an institution has loaned out to you in the past, I'm not going to trust you moving forward. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be in the situation where you're trying really hard to impress like your very ambitious, very money savvy girlfriend and being like, <laughs> oh, can you hold on for one second? I need to get my Bob to sign this for me. So like, no, you can't you can't run away from credit unless you plan to never, ever, ever take out a loan for anything. And mm-hmm. I think, sure, maybe you could design a life where that would be your ideal. But there are just so many things that like loans can be awesome for. I have a loan out right now that I took out from my state as an energy incentive. It's a 0% loan, which means it's it's so cheap that it's free. It's so cheap that the state is losing money on me. But they're mm-hmm. basically saying we really, really want you to invest in more green technologies to to power your home. So mm-hmm. we will give away this money for for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you repay us this tiny, tiny loan back slowly over time, we're okay with losing money on that as long as you get mm-hmm. it done. So there's right. so many amazing things that you can do with credit um, and just a lot of like that big adult stuff. You need it. You do need it, unfortunately. You do need it. Okay. Yeah. I want to sort of address the the dark side of credit, um, yes. which you kind of like you talked a little bit about there, which is that there are some things that are prohibited without a a credit score or credit mm. report, which is typically when we're talking about having no credit, we mean that you don't have any credit or any history with credit. So like your re- credit report is blank and therefore there's nothing for which the credit reporting bureaus to draw your credit score from. Um, Mm -hmm. But so, for example, um, a lot of hotels and car rental agencies, they will not allow you to use their services without a credit card. You cannot Mm -hmm. check in with a debit card or cash, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, if if you find yourself, you know, needing to rent a car for, you know, you need to go to grandma's funeral like or, you know, some other horrible family emergency and you fucking can't because you don't have a credit card like you're you're up a creek without a paddle and i think mm-hmm. um again the dark side of that is that if you are somebody who hasn't avoided getting a credit card or avoided going into debt because of choice but someone who uh has been sort of societally prevented from accessing credit um whether because of a lack of education or access to services based on your class or your family mm-hmm. history, um, mm-hmm. that can be really a really discriminatory use of credit. So just got to bring the mood down a little bit there. 
Oh, I love it. No, again, we have to we have to shine light on all sides of the circus here because that is the reality. Uh, it is like we're saying we're all, we're part of the system that unfortunately requires credit, credit cards, credit scores in order to play the game that is potentially buying a house or a car or building things for the, for your family, building things that could give us unprecedented generational wealth and resources that people before 100%. us didn't have. It's like you got to play the game. Somebody's got to be like in the line of fire in order for your generations to thrive, such as credit. And Mm -hmm. also, I think, Piggy, you bring up such an important point that not all credit is accessible to everybody and not all credit has always been accessible to everybody. And so we are here as as usual to shine a light on the fuckery, not necessarily give solutions (laughs) to all of it, but acknowledge as much as we can and try to help folks navigate towards it. So if I'm a person listening to this podcast right now and I'm like, all right, we're talking about credit. I understand I have to freaking suck it up and grit my teeth and just like bear down and do the thing. I want to start with a credit card. I want to open it up so I can start my credit life. Are all credit cards created equal? Where does one start when they want to start their credit card life? Oh, man. Um, I want to take this one, if you don't mind. Go for it. Yes. Okay. All right. So we got to circle back to that interest rate that we were talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. no, not all credit cards are created equal because you will get varying interest rates with them. Um, So there's there's two issues that I would say to our brand new baby credit haver. One Mm -hmm. is, you know, you need to get a credit card that has an interest rate rate that's on the lower side so that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you do buy something for $100, you don't pay $130 for it. You pay closer to like, I don't know, $105. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know that that interest rate exists. Anyway, moving on. Oh, the I second haven't. thing is um, a lot of credit card companies are getting really picky these days. So especially for young people who are just sort of starting out in their, their financial journey, um, they don't have a very high rate of being approved for credit cards. Nice. Um, so in that case, I would say our brand new baby credit haver should walk down to the local bank um, or more realistically, log on to the website of a bank uh, <laughs> and uh, apply for what's called a secured credit card. And yes. that basically functions like a prepaid card. Um, so say, you know, you get a credit limit of $1,000 on it. Um, so, you know, they they let you, you know, spend that $1,000 um, and then, you know, you have to pay it back before you can have access to any other credit. So it's it's basically, it's like a prepaid phone card. Like I said, again, God, I'm just like, I'm not speaking to the children today because prepaid phone cards are not a thing they recognize. Um, <laughs> Gift cards? <laughs> Rechargeable it's, Starbucks card. Yeah, it's like a rechargeable Boom. Starbucks. Thank you, Berna. Jeez, voice welcome. of voice of the youths, Berna over here. Um, yeah, but but that way it gives you a chance to establish a a credit history um, as a proven like repayer of your loans before mm-hmm. they can then bump you up to um, a real credit card. Beautiful. Yeah, I think the the only thing I'd add to that is like. Um, I know that some people like the concept of a credit card really scares them. Um, and I think there are some things in life that if it's a 
A thing that scares you that you're not quite sure how you might use it or misuse it or abuse it, um, you can just avoid it. It's like, uh, I think I probably shouldn't ever try heroin. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just like say thanks, but no it. thanks when people pass the heroin sure. around at sure. the party. That happens you know, at the parties. The they do that at the parties. Spoon? I don't <laughs> know. I don't know how it works. I, I watched Breaking Bad once. Um, but there are other substances like food. And money is in this category where it's like, okay, well, you can't ever just like say, hey, I have a problematic relationship with food, so I'm just going to stop eating. You can't do that. Mm. And money Mm -hmm. is just like that. Um, You can't be so afraid of credit that you design a life where you never, ever need it. It's just like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, I really wish you could, but like, that's not how it works. So I think I I really echo what what Piggy said, a a secured credit card, you're already using your own money. Um, So if you are someone who is like kind of scared of the the behavioral implications of having access to credit, I think that's a pretty helpful way to do it. And I do think that like in general, um, most of our credit systems are designed so that you may be asking yourself, like, well, why have I never heard any of this? Like, why isn't this something that was taught hmm. to me when I was a high school student or, or a college student? Like, hmm. how come this isn't like a where's my brochure? Where is my pamphlet? Why did no one explain this stuff to me? No like this? binder. And it's like, well, <laughs> I it's in their interests, right? These big financial institutions. Mm-hmm. They don't really want you to be financially educated. They want you to have enough money that you can make your minimum payments, but they want you to be dumb enough about how the system works that you overspend a lot up front. And then they kind of lock you into this vicious cycle of paying more and more and more, sometimes potentially many, many times more than you had ever paid to buy the whatever the hell you bought in the first place. Um, So. Like, don't don't let your fear guide you on this. Um, they are banking on your fear. They are banking on your avoidance. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are helping yourself and the people around you when you educate yourself. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the strongest tool here when we're talking about approaching credit in moderation and understanding the dark and the light sides of credit. The best thing you can do is just stay knowledgeable about what's happening because this is, I'm sort of, I'm imagining like popping around a bunch of landmines. It is built for you to fail, unfortunately. It's mm-hmm. built for you to be profit farms for these companies. And so the they best thing we can do- endurance. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Profiting on your ignorance. And so the only way we can battle ignorance is more knowledge. It is tiring to have to keep up with all knowledge, but that is why we're here. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So now that I've, you know, we, we're talking about credit. I got my secure credit cards thinking about credit cards. I'm hoping that I want to build a healthy relationship with my credit. And so if I have my credit card in my hands and I feel as we talked about financial trauma in uh, our second episode of the season, I feel the financial trauma and the like the the demons coming up and being like, all right, bitch, five thousand dollars in that car, spend it up, how like dang, it's free we got money, money now, sweet, sweet free it's free money. money. No one's gonna stop me. I feel the demons coming up who can threaten me with uh, bad credit moves. So, what are some things? 
excuse me. The demons came up out of my throat. Ah. <laughs> don't tell them. Don't tell them. About, don't tell them the secrets. <laughs> what are some things that people who are new to credit and have their first credit card ever, what are some things that they need to know about how to act with that credit card? Because there are a lot of things in this world that will tell us how to act with our credit that are that is bad advice, meaning Instagram ads and the fact that the holiday season wants your credit card information everywhere you turn. What are some things we have to keep in mind when we have a credit card? So I think there's a lot of like little mini behavioral things that you can do to make it just Mm -hmm. a little bit harder for yourself to accidentally uh, accidentally on purpose, maybe overspend. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of those is I don't allow any website to save my credit card information unless it's like, yeah. you know, my water bill or something. Um, I make myself plug in all those like 34,000 numbers in that in that credit on that credit beep, card. Beep, beep, beep. I make myself do it every time because mm-hmm. it gives me just enough time to kind of like quietly check in with myself and go like, do you really need this like vintage mm. cast iron piggy bank or mm. are you unmedicated today <laughs> and you just think that that's what you need and I'm like yeah. no you know what actually I I really don't need this and I just quit halfway through um yeah. so don't make it too easy for you to access it um yes. also I in general I will carry it around with me for an emergency um mm. but I don't keep it like on my person it's yes. it's I have a photo of it um if I ever like was in a bad emergency I'm like I have the oh. the number um but I don't keep it on my person so that I can't reach for it um mm. and also I think just like um there is so much to be done still with like normalizing um that like hey just because everyone has credit card debt doesn't mean that credit card debt is like just a normal part of life it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be Mm -hmm. um that's something that there are um people and institutions um and organizations that are vested in spreading that malicious idea that like you should be able to um you know that you should just always have like credit card debt like oh well Mm. shrug I i can't tell you how many people have have told me like I guess I'm just the kind of person who's always going to be in debt. And I'm okay with that. Like, I've made peace with that. And I'm like, don't don't make peace with that. (laughs) Don't don't be at peace with that. Because that's just any time that you have to borrow money to pay for necessities. And and, um, by necessities, that could include things that you have been tricked into thinking are necessities, like expensive Christmas gifts or a much nicer car than you really need or Mm. a bigger house or whatever. Um, Like those are, there's, there's just not enough that's been done to kind of glamorize saying no to things and um i know it's it's sometimes difficult and the the biggest um factor i think in overspending is thinking that this is this is what other people are doing this is normal um and there is a there's a quiet minority out there Mm -hmm. who is like no actually like you don't have to spend money that you don't have you could Mm -hmm. just say i'm sorry i'm on a budget (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. That's my favorite refrain, especially as we are approaching the holiday season. Folks will be listening to this in the right up right up in the holiday season. Um, Credit is it's like 
I feel like the credit is just like waiting in the wings between Thanksgiving and Christmas being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many, like, I forget what the statistic is, but like so many Americans go into debt to buy Christmas gifts. Yes. Um, Or Hanukkah gifts, by the way. Hanukkah started like yesterday as of recording. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the point is, people go into debt to buy gifts for their loved ones. And you have to like, think about the emotional toll there. Because clearly, it's it's people being like, I, loved, I, I love my people. I mm. want to get them something meaningful. I am willing to put myself in financial distress to show yes. them that I care about them. And mm. I just, that like, guts me because especially if it's you know it's a parent with kids or whatever mm-hmm. and, you know I, I don't have kids i'm on a budget um <laughs> but <laughs> but like if it's if it's a situation like that where you are are feeling this emotional pressure to to go into debt i just like i i my one trick is like resist as hard as you can and remember that it's the thought that counts and that's that's such a cliche but it's a cliche for a reason um so i i promise anyone listening who is concerned about going into debt to buy christmas gifts like your loved ones will still care about you if you write them a really thoughtful card or if you give them an experience or if you spend time with them and tell them you love them Yes, absolutely. It's actually my greatest sort of credit fantasy is that we all see credit cards. The fact that I have credit fantasies makes me really worried, but whatever. I find Girl, stuff. this I find, is like, you are preaching kinks. to the fucking choir right now. Okay. <laughs> like this is a no shame space for our finance kinks. But mm-hmm. my greatest credit card fantasy is that we see credit cards as a tool for something to build our credit because we know that we need credit, unfortunately, as we learn to do big girl things in life. Um, but also that it's it's something that we use when we are already ready for it. I mean, I feel like one of the one of the rules that I tried to teach my littles is to try as hard as you can not to put anything on a credit card that you don't already have the cash for or will yes, be getting treat the cash it like for. A, treat it like a debit card. Pay it treat off it at like the end of every card. month uh, with what is in your account. Yes, exactly. And if, you know, general rule is if you're nervous about putting on a credit card, maybe you couldn't afford it in the first place. That also is separate from people needing credit cards for emergencies because life just gets expensive and credit does open up avenues for you to be able to pay for emergency things without having the cash on hand. That said, I love our conversation right now about the holidays coming up and financial empathy with each other. I feel like, is it can we just for the season for now just put our credit? For, uh, is this too kumbaya? Put the credit cards down and hold hands and be like, everybody is in a financially fucked situation right now. Can we agree to mm-hmm. stick it to the credit card companies just for like <laughs> two or three months? And love on each other first, and we'll pick back up on it. But I think it's again, it's really important to be understanding like your triggers your around overspending and things like that especially with something like a credit card which again is designed for you to go oh shit it's free money oh shit i'm just gonna spend it up oh my god there's no regulations around this people are just gonna let me go to nordstrom and get wild with it yes the point is we have to try to discipline and educate ourselves that is the struggle yeah Uh, i think one of the things that we say a lot is that like fundamentally There are so many people out there who are invested, highly invested. Their whole Mm. business model is built around you being susceptible to their kind of influence and their control, saying like, hey, it's totally normal for you to buy this. And it's, you know what? You worked a long day. You deserve this. Um, And (sighs) at the end of the day, no one is ever going to be a staunch defender of your money other than Mm -hmm. yourself. 
So yes. if you listen to those voices that are like, hey, you deserve this, like, you know, this nice indulgence or, hey, you know, like, here's an amazing subscription that will, like, deliver something to your house. You're tired. Like, here, take take a take load it. on it. We'll bring it to you. Yeah. If you aren't the one saying, no, that <laughs> service represents something I could do if I got off the couch for 10 minutes and then mm. I get to keep the money that's in my pocket instead of you charging me for it for the next 15 months until I remember, oh, right, oh. I signed up for this thing that I never use and I forgot about it and I hate it, actually. Like, no, oh, like so many people are using their psychological tricks to influence mm. your spending habits. And at the end of the day, you are the only person. And I, I wish there was like a Superman that you could be like, help, help, save me. <laughs> help, there I'm isn't. in debt. It's just you. Please. Yes. It's uh, a it bird. Is. It's a plane. It's a consolidated loan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we're here. We're trying to help us save ourselves, basically, especially in the realm of credit. And there's there's so many other things that we can get into about credit cards and, and the facts and the things. But I want to wrap it up here with y'all because we got to save some juice for our delicious loose change episode coming out later this oh, week. Oh, shoot. Dang. Yes, we do. Oh, folks no, my juice. A little mo, a little mo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, bring it back in. Suck it back in. But for now, for those of uh, our listeners who have absolutely 100% fallen in love with Katie and Piggy of Bitches Get Riches, can all you please tell us, all of them, can you please tell us where we can find you and how we can support you after we've listened to this episode? Oh my gosh, so kind. Um, well, you can read our blog and listen to our podcast at bitchesgetriches.com. Um, and you can subscribe to the podcast uh, on all of your favorite uh, podcast streaming services. Um, we also have a Patreon where we answer exclusive questions from our listeners and do exclusive videos and live streams and stuff like that. Um, so you can access that at patreon.com slash bitchesgetriches. Um, and yeah, even if you can't join the Patreon, like, come hang out, like, yes. hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. We're on Instagram. Like, come hang out. We like you. Yeah. Um, my dad is a patron and he says I'm very funny and wise. And <laughs> that's kind of that. all that I need. Um, but yeah, kind of the format of, of our our podcast, Bitches Get Rich, is that we answer listener questions. So yes. people write us letters. And sometimes it's really vague and open-ended, big, big picture questions. And then it's other times it's like, okay, so I am actively being betrayed at work in a Game of Thrones style. <laughs> and, and we're like, all right, listen, we will, we will hold your hand through this. And, and here, here is how we will plot the downfall of your coworkers. So it, it's kind of like all over the place, uh, but we have a lot of fun doing it. Oh, Beautiful. This is the, it's this is the advice column that you always wished lived inside of your head in terms of finances and the real kind, <laughs> not the not the weird distant somebody's aunt is writing this kind, but the kind that you actually want to keep in your pocket. Thank you so much, Kitty and Piggy, for being with us on this first little ditty. And we will see you on the Lose Change episode. I love you and thank you. Thanks, Berna. Thank we you, love Berna. you. We love you. You're the best. Mm. All right, folks, let's get to this week's Money on My Mind email of the week. Each and every week, I'm answering your questions about anything finance related to the best of my ability. Send your emails to moneyplease at betches.com to get them answered right here on this podcast. All right, let's get into it. Dear Berna, hello, that's me. Loving the show so much, you're like my own personal double Scorpio, a finance astrologer. Ugh, put that on my LinkedIn. 
I thought I'd send in what I thought was actually an interesting question that came to my attention recently. I'm pretty good with my finances overall, although I'm trying to improve, which is why I'm loving the show. Shout out to everyone who feels the same. I'm one of the few people who actually likes checking their credit score because it's fun to watch it tick up and up over time. Anyway, I got down a pretty big hole with one of my credit cards. Then I recently received a decent cash infusion one day and I thought, fuck it, I'll just pay down that whole card. Ooh, good energy. But here's the twist. I went to check my credit score thinking it would shoot up and it actually dropped over 50 points. What the fuck is that about? Honestly, sing it. So is this a known thing with credit cards? Am I being penalized for being too good at paying off my cards? Is the industry trying to incentivize people to not pay everything down? Also, do you suggest closing a seldom used credit card after you finish paying it off? Will that hurt my credit score too? Is there a perfect number of credit cards to have to your name? Thank you so much. Sincerely, Credit Scorpio Rising. Oh, just there's so many things in this message, Credit Scorpio Rising, that really kind of, that really, really tickle me, not the least of which I, um, the astrology references. Thank you for that. But let's, let's get real for a second. Allow me to look into the metaphorical camera, deadpan, like Jim from The Office. Mm-hmm. This is the credit fuckery, ladies and gents and thems. Just because we're in a system of credit, it does not mean that the system makes sense. Actually, thanks to our conversation with Bitches Get Riches, and if you catch the Loose Change episode coming later this week, you will understand more. The system specifically is built for us to fail, us meaning regular everyday consumers. It helps us in a way that we get to access money that we couldn't before, but that's pretty much the only good part. And the rest of it, these rules make absolutely no sense to us. At least they do not benefit us, the consumers. And so your suspicion of like, why is it when I closed out a credit card, shouldn't that have proven to the credit card loaners and the lenders that I'm actually good at credit? Nah, it it's not a good thing for your credit score because creditors want to see that you are actively using credit all the time because they don't actually want you to have a healthy credit life. They want your money. They want you to continue to pay them in interest. They want to continue to profit. So actually when you get yourself out of the system and you say, I'm actually done with this credit card or I'm done with this loan, that they're losing money from you. And so that they're not gonna reward you for that. They're gonna punish it. Sucky suck, right? It's almost like this system is designed to keep you in debt. Huh, what? And not reward you for getting out of debt and getting financially free. Huh, what? Exactly. Um, the system does not run on logic. It's a series of nonsense rules that we're expected to either know or suffer for not knowing. So that is why in order to sort of play the system game, we got to do some stuff that does not feel entirely logical. For example, the very first credit card I ever opened up, I was, I want to say 19. I was a new, I was a freshman on campus and uh, at USC and the the specific bank, I won't name names, but they had a table, they were offering free sweaters. I said, bet, me gusta, and I got that credit card. Stupid interest rate, didn't understand what I was doing. And so you'd think that when I kind of became more financially woke, as they say, um, and I understood credit cards, that I was like, okay, let me get rid of this credit card with that I had from the very beginning with super sucky interest rate. But I understood that when I close a credit card, it does not reflect kindly on my credit score. So what I do now is I keep that sucky suck credit card open and I only charge 
Netflix and Spotify on there and I pay it off every month. I, that's my streaming service card. So I, it keeps it alive, but I don't actually ever consider it part of my financial life because I don't, I don't want to keep racking up debt on that card. I barely keep it alive because one, closing a credit card will affect your score. And also it's my oldest credit card. And one thing that does boost your credit card is having is your credit age. If you can show that you've had credit and you've handled credit for a long time. I don't want to cut off my very first credit card that I got when I was a teenager. And so I keep it barely alive with this Ivy drip of Netflix charges. Stupid? Yes. Because the game is stupid and we got to play stupid shit and we often win stupid prizes? Yes. So I would say keep your oldest credit cards for sure. Um, I would say be careful closing credit cards and loans uh, because that does affect your credit. And I would also say that there is no perfect number of credit cards to own. Um, their creditors aren't looking for you to hit like a five to seven or anything like that, any kind of number. So the perfect to me, I'm gonna give you one of those annoying vague answers and you're gonna like it. The perfect amount of credit cards to own is the amount of credit cards you can safely handle. And by safely handle, we mean all the things we were talking about with Bitches Get Riches, especially in our Loose Change episode where we get more into it. One, are you able to pay off at least the minimum and have a plan towards paying off as close as you can to the entire debt that you have on there? Two, are you consistently putting on purchases on there that you can, as soon as possible, hopefully immediately pay back in cash? You know, are you able to keep track of the interest rates and the due dates on all of your cards? Whatever card number feels right to you, amount that feels right to you that you can actually handle it, stop there less even. That is totally up to you. Um, and I just, I wish for you that you get a handle on your credit card life, but also understand that this system is not meant for us to make sense of it. And so when it feels like what the fuck, when it feels like this is illogical, that's how you know you're understanding the system correctly. Welcome to the circus, y'all. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. All right, folks, it is time for Make It Make Sense, where we beg each other to make things make sense in the finance world. Every week, we are opening up our DMs to answer all of your financial questions, even more of them, and give you one thing to do or Google or a rabbit hole to dive into that'll take less than five minutes because we all know nobody has time for anything. So to help us share your questions, we have the lever puller, the button pusher, the Oz head behind Money Please himself, Jorge. Hi, Jorge. What is, tell us, what is your relationship status with credit right now? 
Hi, Berna. Well, I'll tell you a little story. About a year yes. ago, my fiance and I kind of got into a little bit of a we want to own a home fantasy. And we were like, oh. oh, wow, let's start looking, even though we have nowhere near the amount of money we need or anything. But yes. one of the first things we did is to check our credit. And I really hadn't done anything for my credit my entire life. I never really had a credit card. So I looked at my number and it was very low. It was kind of a little scary. Yeah. Um, but since then, I got a credit card, has a pretty low credit limit, and I've been kind of using it for some small purchases here and there and paying it off on time. And I'm glad to say that my credit score has gone up. So I'm, I'm improving slowly but surely. I am using credit to my advantage. That makes me so happy, Jorge. There's always that moment of like, that's sort of like like watching a scary movie between your hands of just like, I want to find out, but I don't want to find out. But I, know. I mean, there was there was that like difficult moment of finding out and then you move forward from there. Right, right. And I've always been a little scared of credit. I've only really had debit cards because I don't want to spend money I don't have. But as you were saying too, it's kind of like a necessary part of being an adult is like you need mm -hmm. to build up these credit scores for your future. So I'm putting in the work, I'm doing it slowly but surely, but uh, I'm in it for the long haul. Yes, that makes me so happy. I mean, of course, if you and or your fiance had wanted to just go completely off the grid and, and you know, start homesteading in the back country, maybe you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> need to be looking at your credit score, but I don't imagine a lot of folks listening are uh, are doing that. I think a lot of folks are are going down the same path as you of just like I'm interested in the big big life questions of of finance and so it requires credit. But yes, let's get into some of these questions that people are asking. Try to give them a little public forum love. Absolutely. All right. First up, I don't know how to read my statement for shit. Is last statement balance important? Oh my god, great question. First of all, I have a bone to pick with whoever invented credit card statements because you need like an anthropological degree to figure out what the fuck is going on on there. Um, very few statements are straightforward, but let's zone in on what you just said. Last statement balance. Is it important? Yes. So you go through your month just charging up, charging up, charging up, charging it up, right? Um, the way that most credit card companies kind of measure what you owe is they they work in like month long kind of sections. Um, the credit sort of cycle ends every month. And so last statement balance is basically the credit card company going, all right, this is where we're stopping wherever you, uh, we're stopping at some point in the month and we're saying, you gotta start paying attention to this amount now. You gotta start paying this specific amount back for real. You gotta start making a plan. And we talked a little bit about interest in this episode, and we talk a little more in the Loose Chains episode as well. But basically, it's once a month where they go, okay, stop messing around. This is, you, you, gotta, you gotta pay attention to this. You might still be using your card after that, that month marker stops, but this is the amount, this is the amount that the credit card company is gonna start holding you accountable to. Now, every different uh, credit card and credit card company, every situation is different. Your cycle might be from the 1st to the 1st, the 15th to the 15th, but last statement balance is basically, it's the number that they're gonna, they're, they're like, pay the hell up. Um, and also, that's the number that they're gonna start charging you interest on if you don't pay it off. And so, last statement balance in an ideal world, last statement balance is what you're trying to pay off. They might also tell you that you have a minimum payment that you have to hit. It might be less than the last statement balance, 
but know that when you start seeing interest charges and you start seeing extra things come about, they're typically using your last statement balance to calculate things like an interest charge. Um, it's it's really the most important at the very basic to be looking at your minimum payment because that's what they're really going to hold you to. That's what if you don't make that payment, that's what's going to mess up your credit card score. But hopefully last statement balance doesn't confuse you too much. They're just trying to tell you, this is where we stopped measuring the last month. This is where we're going to start kind of hitting you in the face um, in terms of interest rates if you don't start to answer uh, us, our calls, our, our texts, our begging you to, to pay this friggin' credit card. Um, and so a little ditty there, I think it's really important to to check out on your own. You can hit the Googles, you can hit any number of incredible financial resources to understand how to read your credit card uh, statement um, because last statement balance and minimum payment and interest rates are three things you should always be keeping track of um, to, in order to understand what the what the balls is happening with your credit. It's, it's just also confusing. So that's yes. super clear. Thanks for explaining yes. that. You're welcome. All right, next up. Does making two payments for each month lower your credit score? This is a great question. It's almost like a hybrid of uh, financial like credit hack plus the facts of credit scores that are so freaking confusing that no one told us about. So there might be people out there who are like, why would I make two payments to my credit card each month when I'm suffering to make the first? So making two payments each month is a very uh, known way to sort of hack your credit card payment. So we talked about interest rates. We talked about the fact that basically an interest rate is like extra money that they punish you with for not paying off last month's balance. Interest rates are often, they say it, it accrues daily, which like accrue, like who is making up these freaking vocabulary words for these financial situations? What it really means is if there's a percentage, you know, they're saying like your interest rate is 20%. They're not necessarily taking 20% of everything you did that month. Like they're not they're not taking the total of your last statement balance that month and doing, okay, what's 20% of that? That's the purchase interest fee. Often they are calculating it by day, like what they're taking the little percentage of what you owe every single day. Um, and then they're charging you interest once a month, which is horrifying to think about, right? And so some people make two credit card payments each month to sort of stop the flow of that interest rate and get the balance lower so that the interest is calculating on a smaller balance the next time, if that makes sense. Basically, it's like it's like making two small punches as opposed to making one giant punch at the end of the month. Um, and also some people do this because they get paid biweekly and it's just easier to make a payment and make it consistent every single time. Does that lower your credit score? It does not. The only way it would lower your credit score is if those two payments are not hitting your minimum payment. As long as you are hitting your minimum payment, that is what credit card companies want to see. Um, and so if you're making one payment where it hits the minimum payment and then you make another payment where it pays even more, great. That's actually wonderful because then you're lowering your credit utilization. Now, of course, as we talked about, credit card companies love it when you pay them back, but they don't love it when you pay them back too much and you shut down the credit card. So it's this stupid ass dance, a ridiculous ballet that we have to do with our credit. And um, I'm hoping that this two payment energy helps you out in a way that makes your credit score happy. But again, always focus on at least making those minimum payments on time, that is what affects your credit score. Good to know. All right, well, last up, we have what's the best credit card for your goals? 
Whew. Okay, now we're getting into this, the sexy stuff about credit cards. We talked about with Bitches Get Riches that if you're starting off the very first credit card that you might want to try is a secured credit card because it's basically like a prepaid gift card. It's like loading the card up with cash and then you are using the money that you've already paid in cash. So you're always, you're sort of always covered. There's no risk of uh, paying or using money that actually isn't yours. It's wonderful. Again, like a reloadable Starbucks gift card. When you start to move on from that and your maybe your credit score improves, you start to qualify, qualify for other credit cards, this is where it gets real sexy. And again, this will be a whole other episode. But there are different credit cards for different goals depending on what you are focused on. So you might want to look at credit card, uh, the benefits of different credit cards because every credit card might offer a different kind of benefit or reward system. For example, there are credit cards, the most popular kind are the credit cards that offer you incredible travel benefits, aka if you use their credit card and you pay your stuff back on time or in full and you're in good standing, then you get points that you can then turn into plane tickets or hotels. It's like when we used to have those uh, like gift wrap fundraisers in elementary and middle school. And they're like, if you sell this much, you get a certain amount of points and then you can buy a Razor scooter. It's like that, but for adults. Um, and they have that for, there's travel benefits. If you're a business owner, they might give you certain business resources for using their credit card. Um, there are also credit cards that give you rewards for specific types of purchases. For example, there are certain credit cards where if you use this credit card for this amount of time, specifically for groceries or gas or going to you know a Costco or a Walmart, those specific kind of places give you more points than other months. And so it's possible to pick and choose credit cards according to what your goals are. The biggest ones, of course, being travel. I mean, I'm personally, that's like my biggest life goal is to just like never be in my apartment. And so that's something that you can look into when you are looking for the sort of higher level credit cards. And the second thing I wanna say, I organize my credit cards according to the benefits that they give and that's how I spend on them. For example, I have a credit card that I know gives specific benefits like 2X, 3X the amount of points if I'm spending it on traveling than if I'm spending on anything else. So that's my travel credit card. I use that specifically for travel. I have a groceries credit card that is set up so that the benefits are specifically 2X, 3X points if I'm spending it on groceries. It helps keep me organized, it helps keep me accountable, and it helps keep me building towards the goal, my overall goal in life, which is pay for nothing and make everything free and game all these systems and pay about everything through, and pay everything through points. So long answer you can absolutely hit the Googles to find out what kind of credit cards might fit your goals. And I highly recommend looking at a resource like Doctor of Credit. Doctor of Credit is one of my favorite blogs out there. Um, I will say it's not, it's not the absolute sexiest blog, but it's updated every single month to tell you what kind of credit cards are out there for specific goals, what kind of benefits they have to offer. Um, and it's updated. I think it's, to me, from what I've seen, is the most updated resource where I can get and understand how to game specific systems for specific goals in my life. Doctor of credit. I'm going to check yes. that out. Yes, absolutely. Well, amazing, Berna. That's all the questions today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jorge. I am here for your credit journey and for the, the building and the building till we get to finally realize your very deserved fantasy of buying a home with your boo. We're going to get there with credit. We'll see. We'll see. Yes, we will. <laughs>
Okay, friends, that was Make It Make Sense. Remember, send in your questions to at Wentz Happy Hour on Instagram. That is it for this episode of Money, Please. Be sure to rate, review, follow our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Tell your friends about it. Tell your distant aunts about it around the dinner table, especially when things get really weird and awkward. Someone tries to make a political, but people are definitely drinking too much for that. Talk about this podcast because there is someone at the table who needs help. You know who they are. It's me. And follow us and submit your questions to When's Happy Hour on Instagram or email us at moneypleaseatbetches.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at heyburna. Until next time, I am wishing you love, peace, and refunded fees. Betches.